Ah. Welcome. What's up? What's up? To a special monster matchup edition of Let's Boo It Again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm G. Did you just think of that? A little bit. <laughs> I'm still. <laughs> we back. This week, this is a special Halloween episode, folks. <laughs> and, I mean, I know y'all looking at us. Looking much better. We upgraded. Then we look good still. I think so. Hold on. First and foremost, are you going by Steph this evening? Or the artist formerly known as Steph? Mm. We'll just say Steph. Okay. If y'all can't tell by get-ups, I know listeners, you are um, not getting the full view of this, what's going on here, but uh, we all in for Halloween, baby. Um, feeling good, monster mashed up. And we know you, we love all 17 of y'all out there because this is July. We dressed up. <laughs> but no, it's not July, but uh, Halloween is right around the corner. So, Stealth, with that being said, can I kick off this episode with a special reading of one of my favorite uh, horror short story. Sure. Okay. Okay. Listen. Do I know this one? I don't know. Okay. Did you read in school? I, <laughs> I did. <laughs> okay. Well, you may know it. Listeners, uh, strap in. If you're driving, pull off to the road because it may be too scary for you to keep driving. <laughs> and also for the viewers, if I'm looking very uncomfortable right now, I have a proton pack on. Uh, <laughs> we'll get to that later. <laughs> uh, so. We'll get to that I'm later. I'm kind of stuffed in this chair. What's up? I said, we'll get to that later. No doubt. Okay, here we are. <laughs> this is a retelling of a story. It's an old story. Um, this particular one is called The Appointment in Samara. I think it's better known just as The Appointment, but here we go. Strap in. There was a merchant in Baghdad who sent his servant to market to buy provisions. And in a little while, the servant came back, white and trembling. He said, Master, just now when I was in the marketplace, I was jostled by a woman in the crowd. And when I turned, I saw it was death that jostled me. She looked at me and made a threatening gesture. Now lend me your horse and I will ride away from this city and avoid my fate. I will go to Samara and there... And there Death would not find me. The merchant lent him his horse, and the servant mounted it. And he dug his spurs in his flanks, and as fast as the horse would gallop, he went. Then the merchant went down to the marketplace, and he saw death standing in the crowd. He came to death and said, Why did you make a threatening gesture towards my servant when you saw him this morning? Death turned to him and said, That was not a threatening gesture. It was only a start of surprise. I was astonished to see him in Baghdad, for I had an appointment with him in Samara. Ooh, man, that's creepy. What's the name of that? Oh, that's creepy, man. What's the name of that? What's the name of that one? It's called The Appointment in Samara. Okay. If you didn't know, Eugene is... This is Monster Mashup on this View It or Boo It Again. And I am... I'm going to let you guess. We're going to give you five seconds. Viewers, pause the video. Take a look at my get up. 
take a look at Steph. Put your guess in the comment box. Did you do it? Okay, good. I am Ghostbuster Rhymes. Steph? I am the Fresh Prince. <laughs> As you can see by a tiny mustache. <laughs> so Don't you love it? <laughs> Don't you love yeah, it? It's beautiful. You baby. love it. Yes, I do. I tried. Um, <laughs> um, I guess that now we are like five minutes in, we could tell the people yeah, what they're here yeah, for. Yeah. Um today's movie is uh a Halloween classic, I suppose. It was remade, so I guess yeah. somebody liked it. I'll say this. Okay, the movie is Candyman. 1992's Candyman. <laughs> I'll say this still. Yes. I had a lot to say about 2021. When did they remake it? 2021? You know, I'm not sure because didn't it? Yeah, it, it, it was done back. for a while. And so I don't know if they finished in 21. Like it was ready for a while before it came out. But either way. Yeah. I'm thinking it was 21. But either way, 21 or 22. You said you had a lot of thoughts. I had about a it. lot to say about it. I was like, man, this is trash. Because I was watching watching it. Through the lens of, uh, I guess, the old one. But I, I was thinking of the old one in terms when I was a child. So I didn't remember much. But I just like, oh, it's a good movie because I saw it when I was a child. Gotcha. On rewatch, as we have noticed, <laughs> with every movie we view, a lot changes. And this one is a 30-year-old movie at this point. It came out in 92. So a lot of stuff I get, you know, even judging against stuff that came out in the early 90s, late 80s. You know, it's it's better or along the same lines of the stuff that came out around the time. But a lot of this is like, what is going on? But we'll get into it. This is, uh, once again, listeners and viewers, this is Candyman, the 1992 classic. And I'm going to give you... Oh, uh, Steph, give us a synopsis, I suppose. Do you have a synopsis ready? Um, sure. This is from <laughs> okay. IMDB. It's very short. Uh, the candy man, a murderous soul with a hook for a hand, is accidentally summoned to reality by a skeptic grad student researching the monster's myth. Okay. I guess that's a... I mean, it's pretty... That's succinct. Yeah, pretty succinct. Okay. Uh, Candyman, like I say, it was released in 1992, October the 16th to be exact, right around All Hallows Eve. Um, it was released... It was filmed on a nine million dollar budget, returned twenty five point eight million at the box of nine million dollars. That movie took nine. It was a lot going on there, okay. which we'll get into. <laughs> I, I did have some good. Uh, please don't I interrupt so. me. This <laughs> this is serious. I could make you delirious. You should have a healthy fitness. <laughs> um, it returned twenty five point eight million dollars at the box office. The film is loosely based and adapted from Clive Barker's The Forbidden, which is a book, a short story, rather. Uh, it was director Bernard Rose's big screen debut. He did some unknown films that I, I mean, he's from the, like the UK, so I don't know any of that, so we don't have to discuss it. The film stars Virginia Madsen as Helen Kyle. She uh, is a, a prolific character actor. She, uh, actress, I, I don't know. Is that the correct term? I do ever, do they just say actor? I'm not sure. Okay. I'm sorry, Virginia Madsen. Uh, she's a character, actress, or actor, whatever you prefer. We're PC on this show. She has 132 film credits according to IMDb. Um, none of these I'm familiar with. So, once again, it's not important. She's uh, 
actors Michael Madsen's sister, who plays Bud in Kill Bill, if you didn't know. One of my favorite films. That's his sister. Yeah. Matching. Not a familiar name or popular name. Rather. Right. Uh, the titular Candyman is played by actor Tony Todd. Uh, Todd also has a long list of films he's been in, even, you know, bit plays or, uh, I mean, as a bit actor or uh, a voice actor. He does voice acting as well. He has a, apparently he came off Broadway. I did not know this about Tony Todd. So, I mean, you can see it in his performance in his film. He, It's nothing bad about his performance. It's just uh, <laughs> Is it the uh, it's a 30-year-old movement. Yeah, he plays the part. But we'll get into it. I, I'm, I'm skipping ahead. ahead. Um, Candyman is his most notable role, aside from uh, William Bloodworth on Final Destination. He was the funeral home director in that movie. I don't know if you... I don't recall him in the movie. Okay. I'd have to see it. William Bloodworth. Definitely. Uh, he's the voice of the fallen in... Transformers Revenge of the Fallen uh, so I know you you've seen that didn't know he was the that's true it's Tony Todd man <laughs> uh, other supporting roles in the film are filled by uh, Xander Berkeley as Helen's husband Trevor uh, Casey Lemon as Bernadette uh, these people I don't know anything about them I don't even have anything on my card <laughs> particular about those folks oh well Casey Lemon she directed um and she's a director. She did something. She did a black film, and I feel like I should know this. I'm going to put it on screen. <laughs> We're going to put it right here. We'll put that in. So, what's up, Casey Lemon? Um, bit of trivia for you, Steph. Uh-oh. Yeah. Do you know which actor was originally slated to play the Candyman? I feel like I've said that twice. How many times do I have to go before I said this name twice? It's scary, huh? Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, go ahead. I, Do you know who's, who's slated have... to play him? I'm going to give you a, a clue. Okay. He was popular in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. That I didn't help. Said... He's black. Okay. That's still nothing? <laughs> and a comedian. You are correct still. <laughs> Don't know what <laughs> what they were planning there it, with it's that. It's the one. way he flew out the window. Remember Vampire Brooklyn kind of. Well, Vampire Brooklyn was after this. They didn't know he no, had that. No, I in just him. said that uh, that's what it reminded yeah. me of. The, the studio couldn't afford Eddie Murphy, so they just ended up with Tony Todd. Uh the director's wife was the first in line to play Helen, but she ended up getting pregnant and you know. Sorry. Can't be pregnant being chased around by a uh, by a madman. The film was shot in uh, Cabrini Green in Chicago, where three days of filming, I think, took place there. Uh, an interesting point about it, I know I'm kind of skipping ahead, it kind of beyond basing its story on Clive Barker's short story, it actually plucked something from the headlines uh, to incorporate in the story. The story of... Uh, within the movie of the woman being murdered by someone coming through her medicine cabinet. Once mm -hmm. again, I'm skipping here. I'm sorry. If you hadn't seen this film, it's well, 30 years know, old and I don't mean to spoil it, it for again, you. So. That was a real story that took place in Chicago's public housing system, not in Cabrita Green, but in the Abbott houses. Uh, so someone came through? Correct. Um, her name, I, oh, wow. I have it here is Ruthie Mae McCoy. She was murdered in Chicago's Evan home in 1987. They entered through the medicine cabinet and shot her. Um, 
which I, I'll d- delve into more once we get into the movie. I know it's kind of a sad note to yeah. end my facts. Wait, wait, did they say that? Did they find the person or? or yeah, they no found. Why? It was two guys, I believe. Uh, they said they they stole. Maybe they, it was like a robbery. Oh wow! Yeah, they uh, could have just took the stuff. Right? Some more film facts: two hundred thousand honeybees were used in the film. In the scene where I'm not going to say his name this time, the villain not going to get me Tony Todd. I'll tell that story in a minute. Oh, uh, the, the scene where he vomits the bees in Helen's mouth. They used five hundred immature bees, baby bees. So they wouldn't get stung. Um, I don't know much about bees, but apparently if you catch them at a certain at a, time, they don't sting. They don't sting. I did not know that. Um, but they, they use either. those because the actress who played Helen is allergic to bees and she probably would have died. <laughs> oh, um, I just would. I'm going to throw another. <laughs> Done it. <laughs> I know. She, she had to take that role, man. Have another question for you, Steph. Some more trivia. Okay. I swear we'll get into a movie eventually. How long, we'll give you over under 10. How long did it take for all the bees to get out of Todd's mouth in that scene I referenced when he was uh, vomiting bees upon Helen? Two minutes. Incorrect, Steph. It took 30 minutes for all the bees to get out of Tony Todd's mouth. So That's a sticky situation. <laughs> Hey, I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I mean, maybe he closed it like, mm mm, got some more. I, I don't know the process of entering or exiting <laughs> right. uh, for a bee. How long minutes. it takes me. They were baby bees. They were confused, I'm sure. 1992 facts gas was 113, Oreos 159. The Redskins won the Super Bowl. The first ever SMS text message was sent on 12 3 1992. And it simply read, Merry Christmas. I don't know why it said Merry Christmas on 12-392, but one can assume it took that long to get where it was going in 1992. <laughs> <laughs> uh, those are the facts of the movie. Some trivia. Man, I feel like I'm breaking it down on this special. Let's boo it again. <laughs> Full character today, huh? <laughs> I don't have any Ghostbusters uh, quotes, so I'm just going to stick with Buster Rhymes. Raw, raw, like a dungeon dragon. All right, let's get to it. <laughs> All right, you ready? I'm ready. Let's, okay. Let's get the folks, 15 minutes in, get the folks to the beginning of the movie. I know they are, we are really <laughs> off. It's I'm okay. sorry, man. It's the new studio, man. I'm feeling, oh, I'm feeling I, I, brand I new. I enjoyed the facts and the short story. And did you enjoy the fact that Eddie Murphy could have been? I got that the one villain? right. Yeah, I think he could have did gonna it. Say, I'm not gonna say his name because I'm looking at your glasses. And that could trigger something. Oh, funny story. <laughs> Before she gets into the movie, the reason I said Tony Todd's name like that and said I'm gonna call him Tony Todd, I told you the story, Steph. I was definitely afraid of Candyman as a child. So afraid that I found the actor who played Candyman to convince myself that he was a real person. I, I would lie awake at night and said, you're not going to get me, Tony Todd. <laughs> you're not real. Wait a you're I just a human. I don't know if I remember that. I didn't tell you the story. <laughs> okay. Well, you're, you're hearing okay. this for the first time. I, I would lie awake after seeing this movie and I said, 
you're not real Candyman. You're just Tony Todd. Tony Todd can't hurt me. And then I would go to sleep. You go to sleep. How I found out Tony Todd's name in 1992, I don't know, because there wasn't a Google. But. Maybe you paid attention to the crib. I, I, maybe so. And I. You you could read in 92. Yeah, oh, yeah. I could, <laughs> what kind okay, of question you, is that? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. You probably read the credits. So I would lie there on many nights and say, get out of here. You're not real. Get out of my brain, Tony Todd. You're just a man. And you go fast asleep after that? Yep. Okay. <laughs> I do not remember okay. that well, one. There we go. Let's get into the movie. <laughs> All right. So it it opens up and we have, um, I guess you say, this couple. Um, and the lady, or I think they're teenagers actually, but anyway, she's telling. A bunch of old looking teenagers had <laughs> She's telling, I assume, her friend, boyfriend, whatever, um, about the story of what's Tony Todd. Tony Todd. Candyman. <laughs> and um, she ends up saying his name five times and, you know, Tony Todd appears. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you saying it like that? I'm trying to make sure you're make comfortable. Sure I'm, I'm, I'm good. My anxiety is at a low. Gotcha. Tony I know Todd or Candyman appears. And then it goes on and we find out that um, our main character, basically Helen. You already gave the rundown on the characters. Virginia Helen and her, I guess you say, partner <laughs> Bernadette are uh, writing a thesis and is going to f- focus on urban legends. So that's how it opens up. We go to a scene at the University of Illinois in Chicago, and there's a lecture going on uh, about folklore. Um. We find out that this lecturer is Helen's husband, Trevor. Um, a quote that he makes is that uh, folklore is when, excuse me, folklore or urban legends are unselfish conscious. Unself- the unselfconscious. The unselfconscious reflection of the fears of urban society. That's how he refers to. See, we were on the same page. I wrote that as a <laughs> To quote, a folklore. Come back around to that. I'm sorry for interrupting. And we kind of get a little foreshadowing after he dismisses the class. Uh, there's a group of students that stay back. And there's this young lady. Find out that her name is Stacy. You know, she kind of lingers. Mm-hmm. And Helen, um, you know, is pretty straightforward when she leaves. You know, who is that girl? You know, what's going on? And um, Who's that lady? Trevor kind of brushes her off. But, you know, just kind of foreshadowing uh, some things that are happening in the future. We learn that in the, is it Cabrini? Cabrini Green. Cabrini Green. I learned those from rap songs. Gotcha. Uh, The Cabrini Green complex is where this legend, Candyman, supposedly uh, killed a woman named Ruthie Jean. Um, One thing that stuck out to me, which I mean, is not surprising. Part of her story is that she did try to get help. Um, I think Anne Marie, which we find, uh, we, you know, she comes into play later. She plays, she, excuse me, stays in Cabrini Green. She even makes a statement that she tried to call the police or 911 and no one came. Can yeah. I interject here? Yeah. That's that's the point I was going to get it to. Uh, what, what Ruthie Jean and Vanessa Williams character, um, 
Is it Anna May? I think it's Anne Anne Marie. Anne Marie. She's Anne Marie McCoy in the movie. Yes. The lady in real life who passed, who was murdered, her name is Ruthie May McCoy. So it, it seems like an amalgamation of the two. They the the director took the oh, name, okay. but the the sad part about it, which you know, like I said, I didn't want to get too deep into it, but where you can see it as uh, exploitative is that was a real thing that happened. Like the uh, the lady when her house was broken into, and this is real life Ruthie Mae McCoy. When her house was broken into, uh, she called nine one one. They didn't come. They came. They came like on the third nine one one call or something like that. Got there and then the cops, uh, you know, knocked on the door and they were. I guess they were like they're gonna break it down, but like a security guard of the complex told them not to. So they left, and then the next day, one of the neighbors called, like, hey, I saw you by Ruthie Mae's house. What's up? You know, I hadn't heard from her. And then they went back, eventually kicked in the door, and and that's when they saw that she had been shot. So, I mean, not to say that she would have been, she would have survived that they, you know, had did their due diligence. But we don't. Yeah, you don't know. You know, and that's one of those old uh, tropes, I guess it's not a trope, but it's a real thing that Mm -hmm. we deal with that you don't get 911 responses in certain areas, you know. Or at least not as quickly as, as other places. Yes, so yeah, so the movie, you know, one part that, like I say, you could see that there were claims at the time that it was being exploitative or whatever, and I could see that by using that, that project story. and then a the real story that, like I say, that was only five years prior in nineteen eighty seven. So it's it's weird, especially coming from yeah, a white man from the UK. That's kind of, uh, I guess, like we talked about bad boys. Like you had these major things. That happened in history, and then like they come in with a movie. Yeah, yeah, to kind of soften the blow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry for interrupting again. No, no, that's fine because I definitely would not have. Oh, we get real on this show, baby. Uh, This ain't just comedy. It's a little sad, right? (laughs) It is. I know. Uh, We find out that Helen's apartment building, um, or the condos, as they were referred to, that's what they were sold to to those people as were actually housing projects. I'm not sure. Did you find that in your facts? Was that a, was that a real? Uh, I'm not sure if it's story. real in Chicago, but uh, I pointed out to you that it is a real thing. I I can't remember the name of the village in um, New York, but that's the exact same thing happened where, uh, right now to this day, the uh, the residents of a project housing complex mm-hmm. are like affluent. It's an affluent Jewish community. That's nothing to. I'm not saying that because they're Jewish, but that's who stays in the uh, in the apartment complex. You know, it, it was a housing project. Mm-hmm. So they, they at that time, a lot of places they were building up projects. Yeah. You know, for the government housing projects, mm-hmm. and obviously the ones that were well funded and, and with uh, certain types of residents were kept up and are still in existence. Um, but I don't know mm-hmm. if that one, I want to say the one I'm speaking of in New York is an actual housing complex. You know, like somebody bought it and, you know, it's yeah, luxury. But I don't know about Chicago. I didn't do my research. Sorry. Yeah, I just didn't know if there was anything similar. I'm not surprised about it, of it, course. It probably is, but uh, yeah, I, did, I didn't, and you know, I meant to look at that up, so I'm sorry, listeners and viewers. Oh, you can look it up for <laughs> yourself. But she just goes to talk about how they covered the cinder block um, but basically, the one she was staying in was made just like the Cabrini Green. And then I think Bernadette goes into. Which, I know I keep interrupting. Did you pick up on that? What? That they are a mirror image. 
I did remember her saying <laughs> that she knew the layout of Cabrini Green because hers were the same, but not necessarily. That's right, baby. Mirror I, hey, image. man, I watch movies. <laughs> I, I didn't pick to get, that I one pick up. up. On the uh, little details. I don't. I don't think I had that thought. Mirror image, but you are correct. They do go to the mirror, but Bernadette, you know, that's what I'm here for. Being uh, the smart woman that she is, decides that she's not going to say his name five times. She uh, stops at four. So, yeah, Bernadette, uh, she decides she's not going to say his name five times. But Helen does because, you know, she doesn't believe in any of the legends. Um, She does have uh, a quote uh, that I thought was interesting when they're on their way, I believe, to Cabrini, Cabrini Green because... Helen wants to go and take pictures. She wants to go to this uh, apartment where was it Ruthie Jean was actually killed. Um, Bernadette's not really on board, but she still goes. goes. Helen, you know, seems to have this, uh, you know, this need to to complete this great thesis. That that that's her whole goal, you know. Which kind of, I guess you could say, when you think about. I guess in the, I don't know, is it academic arena? Um, You know, sometimes the lengths that someone might go to, you know, get the story or the thesis or um, write the book. I kind of made note of that where um, certain areas, like especially when people go into like places where indigenous peoples are. I was just about to say uh, anthropology. Yeah, they, it, it, uh, it teeters, like I say, into the exploitative thing. And everybody's looked at as like this is a zoo. I'm mm-hmm. completing my project with no regard yeah. for the for the residents or the people there. So I, I made note of this. They become, as well. I guess, you say subjects, subjects. Yeah, 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 instead of humans. Ah, peace punch, knock on wood. <laughs> right, right. But she, uh, Helen, has a quote. She says, "An entire community starts attributing the daily horrors of their lives to a mythical figure." Okay, let's just turn around then. Let's just go back, and we can write a nice little boring thesis regurgitating all the usual crap about urban legend. We've got a real shot here, Bernadette. An entire community starts attributing the daily horrors of their lives to a mythical figure. Now, if Trevor and Archie were in on this, do you think they'd chicken out? In a second. Exactly. You know, it just more insight into her disbelief, which they spend a lot of time <laughs> in this movie letting us know that Helen does not believe in urban legends. Um, or Tony Todd. Or Tony Todd. So they enter. They do. They enter Cabrini Green. Helen uh, goes on to actually go into that apartment. She does. And she tries to take pictures. Bernadette stays back. Uh, at she first, sits on a disgusting tub. Yes, it, it really was disgusting. Because <laughs> <laughs> at first, you know, Bernadette is concerned that somebody's in there. I mean, how would you know until you get in there? Um, and, you know, drugs are or everywhere so she has concerns about that and she's like you know you go into their space i mean you may not come out right and so they meet Anne marie mccoy uh played by uh vanessa williams is it just vanessa williams because we have two vanessa williams the dark skin one okay but i thought one of them maybe had an initial I think, I think the other one's vanessa e maybe okay gotcha but i'll uh, put a ding or a buzzer right Anne marie mccoy and her baby live in the cabrini green uh complex 
and she's skeptical about Helen and uh, Bernadette. You know, she pretty much says, you know, white people come around here, they aren't very friendly, or they just think we're all the same. You know, she goes into that spiel, uh, but she eventually does talk to them and, and tells them that she was the one, like you said, that tried to call also when um, there was the murder and uh, she down wanted, the hall. she wanted them to leave because she not like those other people. She just wanted to raise her child good. Yes, I don't know why she, why they had her talking like that. This my baby Anthony. I just want to raise my child good. Yeah, we not like them downstairs. I'm not making this up. This is this is how she was speaking. Pretty much. So you say you're doing a study. What you gonna say? That we bad? Hmm. We steal. We gang bang. We all on drugs, right? We ain't all like downstairs, you know. I just want to raise my child good. I'm mad at her. And the director. And he wrote and directed, which is usually a red flag, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, and I, I, I guess, that, was that the end of your part for the yeah, most part? Yeah, go ahead. Um, I was going to make mention of the ratings. Right now, this six at six point seven IMDb, seventy nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and three point seven out of five at three point seven out of five at Little Box. I don't know if I missed it, but everyone seems to give this high ratings, and I was like, maybe it's just because it's one of those cult things. Not that it's horrible, but like, man, they really rank that high, and you guys will see what I mean. Um. But as far as Act 1 goes, I've had, I, I mean, I guess we kind of went over what I wanted to say. I think the, I think it opened with a very, very cool shot. The music, music is great. Uh, that first shot, like I said, I know you, you may not remember. It's a long tracking shot or, or a, um, a drone shot, but it's like a sky cam. It's one of the first uses of sky cam, by the way. Um, I looked that up in my research. Okay. So that long, steady shot, like it's, it's awesome, especially for 92. But everything sets up. You're like, man, this is, I'm in for a ride because the music is very haunting. Uh, they go straight yeah. into the lore, like within four, three, four minutes. Like, you know, you're talking about, they're talking about the teenagers uh, being yeah, murdered by Candyman. Right the so they store. get straight to it and you, you, you enthralled. But as you see, we're, we're past act one and we don't have a villain as of yet. So it kind of, it's a slow burn in that regard. But it feels like it feels like it's building up to something, but it just and that seems like 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 I said, the ones we've reviewed, you know, nineties, like that's kind of the the mode, kind of slow burn. Yeah, I don't know. Was that the nineties thing? Yeah, I don't know movies now. I don't, I don't know. It's all about, about action. Uh, tension spans are, are shorter these Maybe days. Maybe so, but now, like a movie might just have a lot of action, but they don't really develop. And then in these movies in the nineties is like, they're really trying to take their time to develop, but it's like, eh, it just never on. gets yeah, over. Yeah. yeah. So I, I guess it's a delicate balance either way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's all I really had on act one. Like I said, it builds up. I love the, the music and the, the direction. Yeah. Um, the music is, they, yeah, it, it, it it's very tense. Yeah, for, it it, makes for it all tense, my hip hop yeah. listeners out there, give the uh, first couple of scenes a listen. I'm not going to sample snitch, but one man in fresh definitely sampled something off the soundtrack. I'm not going to say what. It's up to you to find out. 
Um, do you want me to go straight into go ahead. my act? Um, starting go at the ahead. sex part. Right after they leave, what's her name? What's, what's uh, oh, Anne Marie McCoy. They leave Anne Marie's house and it's like a smash cut right to uh, Helen have, having dinner with a bunch of uh, intellectuals or husband and Ben Franklin's there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that so I think that was a cool transition because it goes from you know the blight of Cabrina Green and it smashes you right into this this new world, you know. So I, it still plays on that, yeah, but they clearly uh, shows she's in another world. Uh, but Ben Franklin gives Helen in the table Candyman's origin story. He was a slave. His dad had made a bunch of money off a, a shoe invention. I don't know what and. Uh, Candyman, before he was Candyman, fell in love with a white woman, and that was bad for his health because uh, because of this little affair, they murdered him by these. This is when the story takes a hard left because what? <laughs> they drug him down the street. They removed his arm. And I want you to know, this is a quote from Ben Franklin. He said. Ben Franklin, meaning that's what he calls his character. Ben Franklin. They're going to see the video. Obviously, I'm going to put this. (laughs) Ben Franklin says they had him murdered by hungry bees. Father executed a terrible revenge. He paid a pack of brutal hooligans to do the deed. They chased Candyman through the town to Cabrini Green, where they proceeded to saw off his right hand with a rusty blade. And no one came to his aid. But this was just the beginning of his ordeal. Nearby, there was an apiary, dozens of hives filled with hungry bees. They smashed the hives and stole the honeycomb and smeared it over his prone, naked body. Steph, I don't know a lot about bees. I don't even know what they eat. Mind you, honey, I suppose. I'm, I'm assuming what we're getting into. How did they get the bees hungry? How would you get a bee hungry? I don't know. You know? I have to look that one up. That's the fact. How did they know. know they were hungry? How did they, did they keep these hungry bees special for this occasion? It's a lot of unanswered questions, man. Nonetheless, they took out the honeycombs. They slathered a one-armed man in honey and released the bees upon him. And then they burned him. Mind you, they, when they slathered him, he was prone. It was He was mentioning that, so he had his butt in the air. Um... Then she meets a free-range project child. Again, Chicago, what's going on? You let your children wander. This is the second time a Chicago child has been wandering the streets. This little boy is just in the projects, hanging out, and gets approached by a white lady. Um, until then, Shante, I'm going to be thugging behind the project building. Smoking fire weed with ghetto children. Lol. <laughs> He'll tell us that <laughs> reference. I guess. That is another cash money reference. <laughs> yes. um, 
uh, little Jake, which is the child's name, he doesn't want to talk to Helen, but he relents and gives her another uh, Candyman tale about when he happened to see one of Candyman's victims. And the tie, the thread that ties all these together is every time someone sees a victim of, of Candyman's destruction, uh, the hair turns, turns white. It's not important, but they keep bringing it up like it's going to be a point. Uh, but he tells them that Candyman gutted a little boy and cut his penis off. And Jake says, how are you going to live? out? You can't fix that. You might as well die. I don't know. He's a real insightful little boy. Uh, but she goes into the restroom where the little boy was murdered to take pictures. And she gets hit up top the head in a very funny manner by a guy who, who is posing as Candyman. I hear you looking for Candyman, bitch. Well, you found him. But this is the part where they're building up and it makes you... Uh, you're like, is he or isn't he real? So you're still wondering. You're like, oh, man, it wasn't Candyman. It was a guy pretending to be mm-hmm. a monster. But he's real. So they go to a lineup. She picks out the guy from the lineup. You think everything's over. This is at the 44-minute mark. Yes. And this is when we finally get to meet the real Candyman. And he shows up in fantastic fashion, man. Not a lot you still. It was still kind of scary. I reminded myself it was only Tony Todd. The only time it was. I, I'm not. I'm not kidding. This is a very creepy introduction. Yes. Um. Uh, when he, he comes, he, he meets her in the parking well. garage. Yeah, he does a very good job, and I think it's more so the voice and the uh, the the sound direction, because I I was listening to it today with headphones in, and I was like, man, this is very creepy. Why are you whispering in my ear like that, Tony Todd? But um, uh, when he meets Helen, you know, because she had summoned him forty five minutes ago. Yes. With Bernadette, and he finally showed up because she's being skeptical. But he he asked her very creepily to be his victim. Yes, he does. You are not content with the stories, so I was obliged to come. Be my victim. Be. My victim. I don't know. Does that imply that he asks everyone before he murders them to be a victim? Well, consent is very important with the Candyman. Say that again. What's important? Consent. Well, you must agree to be my victim. He pretty much says that I got them bees in my system. Somebody gonna be my victim. Yeah, that too. But he pretty much, you know, <laughs> later on he does tell her, you know, you are uh what's he say? Basically she's affect her her going around is making Being, people skeptical. He calls the people that believe in him his congregation. He does. You know, that they are the Very believers. Creepy once again. Yes, yes it is. Um so with her if being you skeptical, don't believe in something why not believe in me? Did I interrupt? Did I interrupt? I apologize. <laughs> he has to get her to believe in him fully, basically, because she's uh, still skeptical. Yeah, she said his name, but she, she isn't there him, all the way. You got to yeah. be all the way in. So, yeah, he asked her to be his victim. Um, he says in this scene, another very creepy statement. He had a lot of creepy quotes. Mm-hmm. He says, I have the writing on the wall. I have the whisper in the classroom. Oh, but then he put her in a trance. Pretty much. And made her murder a Rottweiler. 
Anime's Rottweiler. This how they anime. Am I making that up? <laughs> Anne Marie. Anne Marie. She kills Anne Marie's Rottweiler in her hypnotic state. She awakes in a closet surrounded by blood and a yelling black woman who has lost her baby. Uh, and then she attacks her with a meat cleaver to get her to shut up. Helen attacks the black lady. And then the police bust in and haul off to the hoose gal. Uh, also in this very this part here, it's a very hilarious uh, scene with the newscaster trying to report. I don't know if it's our first day on the job. I'm going to insert it here. Uh, some information has indicated that baby Anthony was abducted and may still be alive. The blood may have come from the dog. A sus- suspect was released this morning after questioning, and I guess we'll just have to follow this one as it develops. Well, I don't know what that was. Uh but it's very hilarious to me. Uh, do you want me to continue going after they release her from jail? Okay, they release her from jail. I don't know how she got out of jail. She killed a Rottweiler. She assaulted a lady in her own apartment, and she has something to do with a abducted baby. The baby is missing. The baby is gone. We can't find the baby. Yeah. But they say, they make the point to know... Uh, they release you from jail because the blood doesn't match baby blood. It's Rottweiler blood. Yes. Tell us where the baby is. They released this person back on the street. Whatever, man. And they, um, didn't the police say um, that they had put Cabrini Green on lockdown? Yes, which is said, interesting. Well, it's more so that the police can't do anything until the right person is involved in this case. And it, they said that involved. in the movie that, uh, she said it was like, isn't it uh, crazy mm-hmm. that we can't do anything about crime until a white lady gets attacked? She said that. So, I yeah. mean, it starts to and it was the, the, insist upon yeah, itself. The black police officer, you know, he made a statement, something to the effect of we can't protect them. Um, yes. Meaning the people who actually live in Cabrini Green, but we see that they can respond when, like I say, the right person So they, is yeah, involved. they shut down Cabrita Green yes. to find the fake Candyman who they are charging with all the murders of Candyman, which I'm assuming made the real Candyman mad because he showed up again. He busts through Helen Medicine Cabinet um, and said again, hey, believe in me and believe, be my victim. Simple request, I guess. But, um, uh, he, you know, he tells her that you do this because she wants to save the, the little boy. And he's like, okay, fine, believe in me. And then I save him. Yeah, I think he's we'll lying. Do, we'll do but a trade. Before they get to, yeah, before they get to do the trade and come to their little agreement, uh, Bernadette shows up and now she's gone because Candyman guts her. Mind you, also, we haven't seen an on screen death just yet. The Rottweiler here, we saw it. We yeah. saw the teenagers. The after effects, we saw the little boy with his pee-pee chopped off. We never saw it happen, so nobody has died on screen yet. Uh, which is interesting for a horror film. So it 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 still has some it's kinda cool, I guess. Yeah, I wonder it doesn't that, rely on cheap stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't know, maybe it's too deep. You know. No, I'm oh, just I thought saying, you had something to go. Not not showing the murder kinda like the is he really real? If you don't really see it happen, you just attribute attribute the death to him you know whatever yeah yeah, yeah maybe good. he was trying to play on that is he real or is he not did he really do it you know yeah. but, but uh helen's husband comes home to the murder scene and it's like come on bro not again you know what i'm saying 
Oh, uh, she arrested. She's arrested. Also, in this scene, it's very hilarious because if you take a look at Bernadette's body, I don't oh. know why she is white, but that was I know. Well, we know the nineties makeup; it was horrible. I don't know if they were playing on the the hair turning white thing that everybody kept referencing, but it was bad. Uh, but she's hauled yes. off to jail yet again. Yet again. Um, uh, and I know she had to like they're gonna strap her to the bed, but I want to know what they charged her with. It had to be a hate crime because everybody she killed is black. She killed Bernadette. She killed the black dog. She killed the black baby. So, I, I, something needs to happen with Chicago. Nonetheless, Big Mustache Man has had enough of her stuff. Yes. Uh, but she's, uh, they they strap her to the psych unit. Uh, and then, while she's there, the Candyman shows back up. <laughs> He's toying with it at this point. He kind of floats over the top of her. We learned that he has that skill. We didn't even know he could do that. <sighs> yes, it's... <laughs> <laughs> but he he floated down upon that her. That one was creepy. That's and sad. asked for an exquisite kiss. What do the good know except what the bad teach them by their excesses? Murderer. Allow me at least a kiss. Just one exquisite kiss. Ah! Take it, I have a exquisite kiss. Not on camera. Okay. Cool. But yeah, she he does that and he floats away. Um they in between this scene, which is another hilarious thing that happens, <laughs> is Candyman is shown feeding baby Anthony honey, I'm supposed it's off his finger, and it was like, What is the, is he letting his baby just eat honey? You can't feed a baby honey. Nah, I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to. No, that baby could be—he could be deadly afraid. I mean, allergic. Yes, and I would think honey. He is afraid, but yeah, to to go now. Yeah. Yeah. So, Candyman, don't let them babysit your kids. Don't let Tony Todd babysit your kids. Tony Todd. Um, and that—that's pretty much wraps up this segment with uh, yeah, the the floating exquisite kiss and Candyman, aka Tony Todd, giving the baby honey. Off his finger at that. Yeah. So yeah, kind of wrapping up at this point. Um, so she breaks out. Helen breaks out, and she. Oh, did you have anything to discuss? Act two. I'm sorry, I'm going backwards. No. Um, <laughs> you are killing me with much. this mustache. Forgot <laughs> <laughs> I had it on. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. And I got the shades right. I, I can. You see can see. It. I can you see. You didn't have the problem that I was I having. Um, but. Again, she breaks out. She steals uh, a nurse's badge and clothes. That's how she gets out. Oh, um, well, because the, I guess the psychiatrist has died. And so everybody's focused on him. Oh, hold on. Don't, don't, do not skip over that part, sister. <laughs> do not skip over that. Let's, let's, let's rewind. Okay. You got to tell the people about this. About the uh, psychiatrist? You do. Oh, okay. I mean, what's there to tell? She's speaking with a psychiatrist. Uh, Candyman comes in and I guess you say guts him. <laughs> From his groin to his chest. Yes. And he uh, makes a lot of grunting noises. It's very creepy. It is. Very creepy for a child, huh? When you saw it, Correct. Right. This is why I had to remind myself that Tony Todd is Tony but a Ty. man. He's Listen. But a man. This is the first on-screen death. 
And this is the first time we learned that Candyman can fly. This is being inserted right here. shall witness a new miracle. <laughs> Not quite sure. Why <laughs> they had him exit out of that window like that? If you were Candyman, I mean, and I told you that that scene reminded me of Vampire, uh, in, Brooklyn. Vampire in Brooklyn. The way he, you know, he 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 floated. So I don't know. It Maybe is one of the most the hilarious things. Right. There were a lot of hilarious moments in this movie. That being one, uh, one is at the end, and one was Bernadette's pale face yes it was horrible uh, but go me. ahead she, she's seen a psychiatrist Candyman has exited the stage left in dramatic fashion yeah. and now she's escaping yeah but uh, everyone's focused on the alarm you know the psychiatrist has died the window is broken is the, is the window breaking what set off the alarm because this is an institution and Candyman <laughs> is but a figment of her imagination nobody, because nobody has seen him Right. Everything exists in her mind. Oh. So somehow uh, uh, a lady has broken a window, yes. murdered a psychiatrist, and she's on the loose. Mind she's already responsible for a death, and a she's dog out beheading. Again. Seems like she would have more people with her. They dropped uh, her off in the psychiatrist's office. Yes, all by, all by herself. And Talk it out, guys. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm interrupting. She, she breaks out and she returns to her home, well, her old home, with her husband, Trevor. Uh, she finds out that, wait a minute, is it this part where mm -hmm. he finds out that he's with- uh, Shagging up with the young girl? Yes. Yeah. I believe it was Stacy at the beginning. So, like I said, it kind of foreshadowed at the beginning that there was A actually, very unnecessary subplot. Nobody cares I Definitely, because- the other part is that he didn't come to see her. You know, she's upset about that. You know, where were you? Even the first time uh, she got arrested, she couldn't reach him. And she said, you know, basically, where were you? And he said he was fast asleep. And he mm -hmm. thought I she bet he was. thought uh, Helen was with Bernadette. So, yeah, it could have just been that he didn't come to see her or whatever. I don't know why they had to insert him having a relationship with a student. Not important. But it happened. And so, you know. Mind you, um, Helen has been in the, she was in the institution for a month. So she's upset that. And all that Todd, time. Why am I going to say Todd? It's Trevor. Uh, Trevor. Trevor has moved on with the young girl. And she was, she was like, hey, you never thought I was getting out, did you? No, I didn't. You yeah. murdered a baby. Well, I guess. Allegedly. In her head. You know, I didn't do these things. <laughs> you didn't watch that. Man. Go ahead. In her mind, you know, she didn't do these things. So, 
she's still like why, keep hope alive. Yeah, why didn't you come? Why you ain't been a ride or die, Trouble? He doesn't really uh, have an answer because I mean he didn't expect her to ever get out. She throws a bucket of paint at the wall and says, "I'm yes, out of here." Especially uh, for him, especially uh, for her to come unattended. It, like she just showed up. I would be. Stunned too. Of course. Yeah. If a murderer was in your house asking you why you moved Why on, you didn't come see why you about didn't come me. Come see about me. Come see about me. Come see about me. Come see about me. So, you know, she's distraught and uh, you know, again, uh what is it, Tony Todd lets her know that, you know, <laughs> thank you. This this baby Have we said his name five times? Oh, this baby I'm sorry. I'm that sorry, they're Tony. looking for, uh, I'll you know set this baby free. She goes ahead uh, with his plan, um, sh- but she rescues the baby from uh, Tony Todd <laughs> in a fire. They're having a fire at the uh, apartment complex. Why I don't know. I guess a, is it a bonfire? It's a pyre. Essentially, yes, yeah, a bonfire. But I'm assuming it symbolizes the pyre that. Candyman before he was Candyman was yeah. burned alive on, but I, I I didn't get the understanding of why Cabrini Green does this apparently annually. Is it a celebration? We didn't get that lore. Uh-huh. Why are we burning trash in the courtyard of a project building? Why? Um, but she rescues the baby from Tony Todd in a fire, and Tony Todd is burned, even though he's not real, and he sleeps. We Apparently. saw him sleeping. Yes. In the scene before this. Steph jumped over it, but I'm not going to let her pass. <laughs> the monster, the villain, the figment of Helen's imagination is caught taking a little cat nap. Helen tries to hook him, but you can't <laughs> kill him with his own weapon. And that's when he vomits bees in her face, which puts her back in another trance. She has been in a trance like four times this movie. That's why she can't so keep can't, up with time. Can't Candyman in a uh can also he can fly. We know that. He can float. Yes. And he can put you in a trance. Yes. A lot of superhuman abilities. This Candyman guy. Yes. I'm sorry, Stealth. She uh again <laughs> rescues the baby. Candyman is uh supposedly dies in the fire and Helen uh is burned and she eventually dies. She is burned and she looks like Fire Marshal <laughs> uh, Bill. Yes. From In Living Color. Nineteen ninety two special effects were not up to snuff. She ends up uh haunting Trevor and Hello, you you're skipping. What I skip? Helen had a funeral that was in Ben Franklin Trevor and his new boo were, were there. And then the whole Cabrini Green showed up. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. And Anna Mae, what is her name? Anne-Marie. Anne-Marie is walking very forcefully with the saved baby uh, Anthony. Yes. I, I don't know. She's marching with a scowl on her face. And Jake drops Candyman's hook into Helen's grave. I don't know the symbolism. I don't know. If if they had to do that, because it seems Cabrina Green knows that Candyman is real. So they they knew. Well, they all believe. If you're going to believe in something, why not believe in me yet again? 
Go ahead. I'm sorry. Helen, again, she does end up coming back because Trevor is, again, in the mirror. And instead of Candyman, he says. Oh, Helen. Yes. Helen. Uh, I guess he was reminiscing oh, about Helen. their time, you know, together when she was there. I guess he's in mourning, whatever. And she appears and, I mean. She kills him just yeah. like Candyman did the psychiatrist. And then from uh, the nether region up to the chest, Stacy, his new, I don't know if they're married or whatever. His new woman finds him in the tub. You know, there's blood everywhere. And that's it ends on the screen. It'll be a scream at the screen. Look, give us a final thought, Steph. We we approaching the hour. You've been playing all episodes. I haven't been playing. What do you, what is your overall feel for the movie? Uh, you don't have to give it a, a score or anything. Themes, um, direction, whatever you want to. Let's wrap. I it. think it's definitely uh, eerie. Um, like you said, the like I I agree with that. That the music, the placement, it, it definitely gives. I don't know what's the what's the word I'm looking for. Um, it's I don't know. It helps set set the mood, okay. set the tone of the movie. Oh um, yeah, I, did he did he lift that little piano loop from the barge? I'd have to boom, go boom, back boom, and boom, 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 boom. He it kept playing. The composer is Philip Glass, by the way. If you want to look that guy up, I do all my facts. Go ahead. Um, I mean, <laughs> I don't have much else to say. I I like I said before. I I think they spend. Too much time on the front end. Feel like you could have got more of uh, Tony Ty actually <laughs> on screen because, like I said, it was about forty five minutes before he appeared uh, in the movie. So, yeah, uh, uh, I think it was well shot. Like I said, the music is great. Like. And as you may mention, it does set the tone. You want to be scared. It's just it's, it gives an overall creepy vibe. I'm I'm fine with the you the did. villain showing up halfway through, uh, because it it does. It reminds me of uh, from dusk till dawn when the vampires don't show up until we've already set this other story going. And mm-hmm. you in your mind you're like, am I watching the right movie? But it falls off quickly after that. His introduction is is yeah. like okay, man, okay, it, I get it. It starts this guy's, this guy's yeah. creepy. What do you mean, be my victim? I don't wanna. And then it just it loses its way. I, I don't know if if the social aspect that they were trying to uh, convey infuse with yeah, the, the yeah. Story. I guess that's a better word. If it wasn't, but the original story, the short story, does the, it, it takes place in London, but it's still a class um, issue. You know, they're, they're still that he just moved the location to Cabrini Green, but it's still an issue of class in the uh, in the in the short story. But I don't know if it if that was too much, too over the head for me, or they tried to go too far with it. Because uh, you know they did the it's the monster really gentrification when you think about it. You know it's, it's doing mm-hmm. that. So yeah, I, I, I don't know if it was trying to get you to determine what the monster was. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. like you said, where was the quote with the? Uh, did he represent all of the 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 bad things in the neighborhood? Is that what, what was her quote? 
about uh, uh, mythical entire entire uh, an entire community starts attributing the daily horrors of their lives to a mythical figure. Yeah, so yeah. maybe horrors, maybe it was more than one thing they were trying to the, convey. You know, because it's it's like one of those things where you know you're, you're stuck in a certain situation. You say they did it, the man. So are they saying that is is that is that what they're implying? Um, so that that was a bit much for me. Like I said, the the exploitative part of it, I could I could see how, especially in the time I'm 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 far, you know, we're thirty years removed right now. So, mm-hmm. but I could see how at the time, how especially in the, the housing time. project, which you know it's it's torn down now. It's one of those things. Kind of had like New Orleans, where I guess they figure once they knock the project down, then the crime goes. It's like that's not how it happens. But anyway, uh. So, at a time of transition uh, of of that area, it seems very weird for them. Based on story, they'll then pluck something from the headlines with someone's actual murder. It is very weird in that regard. But uh, as far as just being a movie, it was okay. I don't think I uh, I misremembered it. I believe because I, I did have a lot to say about. It wasn't as scary this it, time. It was it was creepy. Like I say, his mm-hmm. introduction still had the same effect. But it, all the other parts were kind of cheesy and campy, which if they were going for campy, I get it. But I think they were trying to be more serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, the um, the newer release, Candyman, is not far from it. And like I said, I had a lot to say. I'm like, man, this, they could have left. Why did they mess with it? They should have left it alone, which they could have. But it didn't stray far from it. Now that I look at them two side by side, okay. it's kind of, you know, a uh, uh, Shot for shot retelling, not the shot for shot retelling, but it's essentially the same story. You know, they they're Chicago. They they're more affluent or what of the mm-hmm. the black characters, so they they switch roles, but it's still the same story. And I just like, I guess when I looked at the new one, I was saying, oh man, they why they have to add that aspect to it, but it was in this one. Oh my goodness, <laughs> time the, to the go. Fresh Prince has knocked <laughs> off his or uh, her microphone. But yeah, I, I don't see the need for the second one. Um, I don't know why they remade it. I don't either. But um, it yeah. almost made you want them to have a new story. I was just like, yeah, what yeah. was the and point? And there were two sequels to this one. Oh, really? Yeah, one took place in New Orleans, and I can't remember about the other one. Was Tony Todd's? Correct. Doing it? Wait a minute. Well, I definitely have. Tell me, how did he those. come back when he was burned alive? I don't know. And I, I have won't go see. Definitely it. not seen uh, those. So. Did you enjoy the rewatch and then with Rap? Uh yeah. Uh a lot of funny moments. <laughs> but uh, you know, it was eerie. It, it like you said, it kind of made you think, but they didn't go very deep into anything. They just kind of put some quotes in there that, that kind of made you say, hmm. I, yeah, I think uh, you said. But there yes, wasn't a lot of uh depth with it. Uh the, the quotes were very surface level. So yes, that's that's exactly what I was. Yeah. It was uh it was there, and maybe that's what they wanted to to leave it open to interpretation. Maybe so, but um, uh, to have you pick, you know, yeah, what horror? I, I don't think I'll be watching Candyman again. I don't know how many times <laughs> I've said his name. I hope Tony Todd does not visit me this evening. I think you, good. but guys, I thank you for listening to a special Halloween episode of Let's View It Again. Do you have a uh, a spooky pseudonym? Did you think of one? <laughs> I did not. I'm sorry. This that was very uh last minute. Um This so. is let's boo it again. Let's boo it again. <laughs> this is let's boo it again. I am spleen and 
and his staff. And we are out of here. Till next time. <laughs> Till next time, y'all. I got you all in check.